Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, our guest is Marsha Mantel, who is the founder of Mantel Retirement Consulting, Inc. Welcome, Marsha. Thank you so much, Gary. Thanks for having me on. So, Marsha, what made you get into financial planning and retirement um, as a as a specialty? Well, I think I have just uh, an unexpected reason how I got here, Gary, and it was like many boomer women. I got a job, you know, I fell into it and it was not by design. It wasn't by plan. I actually started in the 1980s in the direct mail business. So, you know, this is way pre-internet, right? Right. Pre-Amazon. So I'm working for direct mail and my husband and I moved to the Boston area and I needed another job and I ended up falling into this opportunity at Fidelity Investments. And it was direct mail still, so they had an internal in-house ad agency to work on, of all things, the retirement business. And so I got hired in 1992 to work with with the marketing and product folks on retirement. Had no idea what it was, you know, it just, I... I needed a job. So I started my journey in financial services and retirement, and it's been now 31 years. So not what I thought I'd be doing, but I love what I'm doing. Right. Now, in in your um, going through this and you said, you know, you're baby boomer and so forth, Mm -hmm. have you found it, um, you know, obviously not everybody is created equal, um, you know, so... Dealing with the different generations when it comes to uh, retirement planning, um, kind of how you handle that a little mm-hmm. bit differently? Because everybody, you know, besides not just the, hey, I'm getting closer to retirement, but just how you deal with them. Yeah, it, that's a great question because generationally, we are very different. Mm-hmm. And what I see in the financial services world, particularly on the advisor side, is there's a lot of judgment. Um, the boomers are judged pretty harshly, really about how come you haven't saved more? Right. You know, y'all knew retirement was coming. Were you stupid? Well, no, in fact, we weren't stupid, but we had, as I call it, the rug pulled out from under us. You know, for those leading edge boomers, the, the folks in their 70s now, they had pensions. So they had this promise when they started their jobs and careers, they had this promise that you work for me, be loyal, and when you retire, you'll get a pension. And that's what everyone sort of thought until they disappeared in the 1980s. And for me, I'm at the lagging edge of the boomers, the younger boomer. And when I started working, 401k wasn't invented yet. I mean, it was just, it's nuts when you think about it, that because it's today for the younger generations. Well, of course you'd invest in your 401k. Of course, you know, these are available. And of course they weren't invented yet until 78. They didn't roll out until 1982. Well, my first job was 1983 and they weren't available except in a couple of companies. Right. So 
funny, when I started at Fidelity, it was specifically to work on the rollover business because even after the 401k was invented and was out there for us to save in, when you left your job, and I left in 1988, you literally, you got a check in the mail with your 401k savings in it. And it's like, whoa, look at this, several thousand dollars. It was, you know, like winning the lottery. And in my case, I took that money. Dan and I were young. We were starting out. We had no furniture. So we bought a couch. You know, and I go on and I, I talk about this couch because it turns out it was a $250,000 couch that I bought. Right. So it wasn't our best investment decision, shall we say. <laughs> We didn't know. And so right. that's what I'm saying for the boomers, the, the equation that we started with and the information we had in our 20s and early 30s wasn't there. It is not what it's like today. So it is very hard for younger people to realize how different the going was for the boomers. Um, and we just we do need to recognize that and acknowledge that, oh, my God, you didn't have those opportunities. Right. It's a miracle you saved anything. You know, we really should True. be thinking of it that way. But now, for those of us who are still working and still have opportunities, we need to take full advantage of them. You know, hard as it is to save more, we need to be saving more for retirement. It's going to be a really long run if we're all lucky, 30 years in retirement. It's a long time with no paycheck. Right, right. I think that the other piece of that, that that's interesting is, is that... Um, you know, you're you're saying, hey, the, the the baby boomers, this was kind of the switch over, and we didn't have the retirement plans available to us, and so forth. But now, um, many companies do have these retirement plans that are available, but people aren't taking advantage of it. No, um, it's pretty stunning, right? I mean, only about half of the workers who have the retirement plans available are using them. Mm -hmm. So that's a it's a huge public policy issue in the making from my perspective. Right. And, and I look at it and I try to try to tell my clients, especially the younger ones, it's like, you know, you really need to do this be because you need to, because, you know, you, Social Security may not be there when you get of age to collect it. But the other piece is, is that the employer is matching and mm -hmm. that doesn't cost you anything. So, you know, I really instruct, hey, make sure that you you do enough to to get the the 100 percent match from from your employer, because that's free money. Absolutely. That's the key phrase. It is free money. And that's pretty incentivizing for the young people. I have two millennial daughters and uh, my older daughter just got her Ph.D. and she started work again yesterday. They're like, yay, she's off my <laughs> payroll and onto somebody else's. Right. But it was so cute because she called. And and one of the things we did early on with our kids, and I encourage all parents to do this with their kids and the millennials to think of this approach as well. You need to work backwards uh, from your paycheck. You know, you think you're making all this money and then you find out federal taxes are taken out, FICA is taken out right. for Social Security and Medicare, state taxes. It's like, oh, you know, that's all I get. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it is kind of disappointing. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but then work backwards. So you've got to pay your rent. You've got to have insurance. You know, you got to eat. So lock those numbers in 
make them reasonable. Like don't spend too much on a house or too much on a car or whatever, because you do need to save at least that match money. And what I like from a lot of employers, they have gotten smarter knowing that people need a lot of money for retirement. I mean, we're talking seven figures for almost everyone out there. So a million dollars or more, and you can get there over 40 years if you start early. And so you start early and the employers are now doing um, the match of um, for every $2 you put in, they'll put in one, you know, up to three or four or 6%. So I love that two for one, you got to get a little more skin in the game to get that free money, but that's, you're going to be so grateful at 50 and at 60 and it will be the best decision you make to to do it that early. So anyway, that's what I was working with uh, with my Katie the other day was how much should she put in? And she went to grad school. So she's now got six years of her 20s. She's now 32. She missed out on, you know, half of her 20s, which right. is your most important savings decade. And so I said, you you can't just put into the match. You have got to get up to 15 or more percent, including the match like oh that much like yeah that much yeah i i think that you know even what you're saying here is like okay yes if you started later yes you do need to put more in but it's not it's not that much of a um bad task if you want to say i mean you know you can still get there it just may mean that it's like okay one night less a week that you're going out to eat or one less latte that you're buying during the week type thing to do the savings. So there's little things that you can do to create that bigger wealth in the long term. You are so right. And you know, you really do not notice one or two percent of your pay missing. Right. Um, and it's going into your retirement savings or your health savings account. Also, if you can use that for future retirement health expenses, these are two just incredibly powerful tools. And what I do find about the young people, they just do what they're told. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't need a whole lot of explanation around this. It's just the idea that, listen, you're going to be grateful at 50. Trust me here. You know, that you right. need to put this away now and we'll we'll figure it out over the years. You can figure out the investing strategy a little later. You can figure out why this is so important later. Key is to start early and then keep building um, because you really, you won't miss 3% of your, it's just too small, but over 40 years, it becomes huge. Right. Now, kind of concentrating on the, the the latter half of the boomers and and some Gen X here, um, in starting to look at the the planning for the retirement and looking at okay, you know, hopefully I'm going to have Social Security that's coming up, um, you know, hopefully that I'll have you know my my investments will be right um, or there I should say when I need to start start drawing from it. Can you talk a little bit about the the Social Security and what people really should be doing and when they should start um, looking at what's there? Absolutely. And thank you for hitting my area of expertise here in our chat. Um, I want to assure everyone, and I even mean my kids, Social Security will be there. Social Security is not going bankrupt. Social Security is not going anywhere. Boy, we got a lot of noisy 
politicians, but that's all it is, is noise. This law is gigantic. It's 86 years old, and it is the foundation for every American's retirement security. I mean, really their ability to put food on the table and a roof over their head. And that's all it's designed for. It is not designed to make you wealthy. It is not designed to replace your income. But you will have, I talk about it in terms of being a layer cake. And so when you think about not having a paycheck, but still have to pay the bills and have dinner every night, the bottom layer of a layer cake is social security. Now, it's wobbly right now. It needs some shoring up to make sure 100% of benefits are paid. So there's work to be done in Congress, and they actually need to right. get their act together and get moving on that. They probably won't. So we'll see something in about 10 years. But nevertheless, this layer cake, this bottom layer is super important, and it needs to be really sturdy. So the best thing you can do, everybody, set up your My Social Security account on socialsecurity.ssa.gov. And this is just an online account that associates you with your own Social Security number. And it's where you see your earnings history because Social Security uses your highest 35 years of earnings to calculate your benefit. So we all have an earnings history and we need to know how much it's going to generate in insurance benefits in retirement. So take a look at your statement. And I think the best time to do this, so everyone should set up their My SSA account, mm -hmm. but then really start to dive into the planning at 50. Here you are, 50th birthday. My my younger daughter said when I turned 50, hey, happy birthday, mom. You're halfway to 100. It's like, <laughs> great, Lindsay, I didn't think about it that way. But you're absolutely right. So we've only got one more half to go here. It's half time. But um, that's when you do your initial plan. And it's so important to do it at 50. Now, all right, if you're 60 and haven't done it, Great, do it today. Right. But you need to see, you know, about how much Social Security is going to bring to the party for you and how big is that bottom layer of the layer cake and the maximum amount this year. Gary, this is not, again, meant to be replacement income, but if you're the highest earners in the country, you're, you know, the lawyers, the doctors, you're making a million dollars a year. If you retire today at your full retirement age, you only get $3,600 a month. This is not big money, right. but this is substantial foundation. You know, it's like your basement. And I look at it's the basement of your house. Um, it's not pretty. It's unfinished, you know, but without a foundation and a basement, you don't have a house. Right. So that's the role Social Security plays. That next layer is pensions, if you do have pensions. And a lot of government workers, state workers, teachers unions, mm -hmm. other unions have pensions. Super important to get that right. And then you look at those investments. And if you're not an investment expert, I fall into that category. You have all this savings and hopefully they've this money's been invested to take the goods when the market is offering the goods. So have that growth going. And now you need to sit down at 50 and really look at how those investments are going to continue to grow, but also in just a handful of years, be kicking off income. Right. And if this is not your area of expertise, you do need to get expert help. Wow. And there are tons of 
really good financial advisors and financial planners out there, CPAs who do planning, because you need both tax planning and investment planning. Those two go hand in hand. And the earlier you start, the better opportunities you're going to have to make really good decisions. I think like you, I don't see a lot of people starting super early. They start more like the calls, right? The calls you get, it's like, hey, I'm retiring at the end of the year. Do you think I'm ready? Yes. Yeah. Like it's June. You're just now wondering if you're ready. Right. <laughs> so people are people. We can work with it also, but really you do yourself a great big favor if you start early. Now you talked about, you know, setting up, you know, your social security account um at ssa.gov. Um, what about those that have gone through a divorce and their spouse made more money? than they did, so they paid in more and they're eligible to get some of their benefits. How can they find out what they're going to get when they start drawing? That is such an important topic. Um, A lot of divorce in America. And so long as you were married to your spouse, your ex-spouse for 10 consecutive years or longer, you are eligible to be considered for these ex-spousal benefits. That's what we call them. It's the the earnings you can get, the, the social security benefit you can claim on your ex. And there are a lot of rules around it, but that 10-year marriage rule is the big one. But if you were married 10 years or longer, you know the upper limit is $3,600. So if you had a spouse who made a lot of money over their earnings, you know, a big professional career, you can use $3,600 as the starting point and say, all right, so they're what we call the PIA. This now gets into that wonky language, right? The primary insurance amount. So there's a number, an anchor number that each of us has. It's calculated at our full retirement age. So about 67 and that number, you're eligible for half of your exes. So if he's getting 3,600, I'll use traditional language here. If he's the higher earner and you're eligible, he's getting 3,600, you're eligible for 1,800. However, you don't get that in addition to your own benefit. That's the maximum payment you will receive. And it's a combination of whatever you've earned on your own 35 years of earnings. And if that's lower than 1,800, you get a spousal top up. But where you get the actual number well it's a bit of a it's a bit of a waiting game you call social security is the quick answer you're going to call the the 1-800 number or your local field office and explain your situation you are an ex-spouse you think you qualify on your ex's work history and you need to know the number because you're planning and trying to figure out what to do here and sometimes you'll get a really good agent and they will just look it up and give you that answer. A lot of times though, they don't. They say, well, we don't give that information out because you're not ready to claim yet. Well, that is a worthless answer because again, I just said, everyone should start planning at 50, right? Right. So maybe now you're 55 or 60, you actually need that information. So you say, thank you politely. You might push a little bit on that call, but say, thank you, hang up and call again. And then call a third time. You know, pick different days. There'll be different agents. And at some point, you will get that information. But it is like pulling teeth a lot of times. Right. Um, so it shouldn't be that hard, but it is. 
So we're not going to fix that. We just need to know if you're the divorced person and need to know if you're eligible to claim on an X. You know, first look at your own record. You know, if you're getting $2,000 a month as your primary insurance amount, and you see it right on your statement, it right. will tell you in the little paragraph, this is the amount you're eligible for at your full retirement age. If you're at $2,000 a month, you already are getting your highest benefit. There is nothing else to give okay. because the highest your ex could be getting is 3,600 this year. Okay. So, you know, you can really very often solve the problem just by looking at your own statement. But if you need the, the exact numbers, give it a, give it a shot, call right. the SSA. Right. So two, two follow-up questions with that then. So for, if, I'm calling because my spouse made more money than me over time and so forth. And, and I'm calling, I'm trying to get this information. Um, what do I need to be armed with just their social security number? Yeah. Um, that's yeah. the key. If, if you have it, if you don't have it, do you have your marriage certificate and your divorce decree? Right. Those are usually enough. That's enough documentation to do the planning on. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you have, you know, his or her social security number, that's ideal. Okay. And then the, the second question is just reiterating that if somebody um, is getting based on their, their account is getting more than $1,800 a month currently, then it doesn't make any sense to even worry about that because you're getting more than you would if you're claiming off of your ex-spouse. That is a good general rule. You okay. know, we might be talking a hundred bucks yeah, one yeah, way yeah. or the other, but yeah. but it's very close because that's the that's the um, highest amount today. You know, right. next year it will go up a little bit. So each year it goes up a little. But if you're already getting eighteen hundred relative to that thirty six hundred, it's going to go in lockstep now all right. the future years. So you're pretty much at the maximum that you're going to get. Great. Now, in your experience and and helping people with retirement and things like that, what um, kind of what do you see the difference in you know male versus female um, when it comes to to the savings and planning for retirement? That is, it's so interesting. What so I do things on two levels. I do a lot of research on the big macro level, right? And we hear that. And, and we do know women have many hundreds of thousands of dollars saved less. We earn less. We, I call it the popcorn career. We pop in and out of careers because we're right. taking care of kids and husbands and older relatives and such. So our benefits overall are smaller and our earnings are smaller and therefore our 401ks and 403bs are smaller. But then I work with some really fascinating boomers right now because they're really the ones retiring. Right. And in so many cases, the women, the wife is the one who is the much more outgoing and in tune with the money. And even if she's getting a lesser benefit than her husband, she is all over this. Like right. she knows what her spousal benefit is and she knows how they're, how much their 401ks collectively are. And she is very engaged in the money, even though technically and legally it isn't hers, Right, it's part of the household. So I'm really fascinated by that, that some of these women are really 
very, very knowledgeable and very savvy. On the other hand, I see a lot of other women. I just worked with a woman the other day, a couple weeks ago. She's about 60. She'd like to retire soon-ish, you know, 65, 60, maybe make it to 67, but she's only been able to save $130,000. So as I mentioned earlier, seven figures is what you're aiming for, right. right? For most people, not everyone needs that, but we need to start putting some magnitude on how big this retirement thing is. Mm -hmm. And she was feeling really badly that she only had $130,000. And it's like, no, but you've been able to cobble this together. And through her journey, you know, she became a single mother. She is supporting a, a, an adult child still with some disabilities. Her mother lives with her. You know, it's kind of a miracle that she's been able to save that much. So it's more about talking about the, some trade-offs that she's going to have to make. And I don't see that with single men. You know, if it's the man who's divorced and did not remarry, though that's rare, they typically remarry. Um, he's he comes in even if he only had one hundred thirty thousand. You know, he'd be much more confident and hey, this is what I've got, and you know, I'm gonna figure out a way. So our our approach to money is very different between men and women. Right. Um, but if you're engaged at all, that's the win. Like that's where we got to start. But women definitely have a different path and that's not changing you know some people sort of say oh well that was the boomer model it's like no it isn't moms are moms right. and the millennials the percentage of millennial moms out of work to raise their young children is the same as the boomer moms it's about 40 percent of women at least take some time out of their careers particularly when their kids are young so it's the same. When you're a mother, it's a completely different game. We need to respect that. We should actually be putting some value on it. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't, but we should. Yeah. I mean, but but again, going back to all of this, it's, it's never too late to start. Such a good point. It is never too late to start. And in fact, the laws have gotten a little bit looser, better um, with our ability to save more. So we can save, first of all, in an IRA, in a 401k, a 403b, a 457, whatever you got, your small businesses. If you've got a small business, you have boatloads of money you can yeah. direct and get a tax advantage. You know, So let's not Great overlook point. our small business folks. Right. So yeah, you can save. Then there are catch-up provisions. So you can save more starting at 50. And just now in the Secure 2.0 Act, Either I think starting in 2025, though it might be next year, 2024, if you're 61, 2, 3, or 4, you can save even more in a catch-up. So Congress has everything with retirement savings is based on the law, um, both ERISA, the retirement laws, and the tax code. So all that has to coordinate for people to be able to defer income tax. But Congress has seen and understands finally, we Americans have not saved enough. So they're giving these early 60 year olds um, some additional savings capacity. So right. make sure to you know take a look at that. It's hard though. You know, if you're living relatively paycheck to paycheck, no matter how big or little that paycheck is, it is hard to carve out some savings. Now's the time to do it when you still have a job. Right, I agree 100%.
Marsha, we've 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 gone through a bunch of stuff really quick, and it's just like yo, like we we could keep going here. Um, what have I not asked you that you wish I had? Ooh, what a fun question that is. <laughs> um, longevity, you know, really, how long is this retirement game going to be? Um, many people, I would say, ninety percent of people truly don't realize that today with all of our modern medicine, with all of our clean water and our healthy food, many, many, many of us, way north of 50% of us are going to live well into our 90s. Uh, my father-in-law just celebrated his 100th birthday last oh, month wow. and my mother-in-law is 99. Like This is no joke, folks. I mean, we are gonna live a really long time. If you get to 65, your odds of living well into your 90s is really high. So we've got to plan for that. And it's a very different mindset mm -hmm. because it's how am I going to pay for all those years in retirement? So that's a big topic I like to cover because people are shocked until you ask them, well, do you know anyone who's in their 90s? Virtually every person knows someone. And then anyone who reached 100 and half of a room will raise their hands like, oh, oh, yeah, my Aunt Sally. Like, yeah. You see what I mean? So longevity is really important when planning for retirement. So again, I'm going to keep going back because I'm I'm big into the planning. Um, mm -hmm. It's telling people it's like you got to plan, you got to look at this, and you really need to plan. And it's never too late to plan. And I think that that if not anything, if you plan, if you sit down with someone like you and and talk with you and talk about a plan at least that way again it, it starts to help you with a roadmap and again it's never too late it's never too early you got to do it and and start and just really start getting that that map together for you know your 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 growth into retirement and then spending when you are in retirement yeah absolutely and we need to make it more fun what i will say about our retirement industry gary is that we have bludgeoned people to death with this, you know, our language, our approach to things. So I've taken a different tact. And, and again, a lot of times because I work so closely with women, um, I created a cookbook for retirement. It's called Cooking Up Your Retirement Plan. And uh -huh. it is literally laid out as a cookbook. And you know, you're creating this recipe for your retirement, for what you're going to do with your time, because you got nothing but time now, right. and your money. And we just need to come to the kitchen table where everybody, you know, has their most fun in the day and talks about everything under the sun and make this whole planning thing more fun and engaging and let you and me worry about the technical rules. Right. Right. I agree hundred percent. So Marcia, if people like what they hear and they want to reach out to you, they want to learn more, they want to get your books and so forth. What, where can they reach out to you? Where can they find you? Yeah, the best place is my blog. It turns out I've been blogging for like a dozen years already. Boy, that went by in a flash. Right. Um, boomer, yeah, boomerretirementbriefs.com. So I love us baby boomers. I love the Gen Xers. And you know, I have millennial kids, but the blog is still boomerretirementbriefs.com. Great. I really appreciate your time today. And I think that the listeners will get a lot out of this. Um, and just, again, the planning and, and I think the, the social security piece is, is extremely important um, that for people to understand that so they can use that, like you said, as your basement, as your foundation to build from. 
Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on today. I clearly love to talk about this stuff. So Great. let's go plan. It. Right. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you, thank everybody. You. Uh, this week, our guest was uh, Marsha Mantell, who is the founder of Mantell Retirement Consulting. Thank you. I'll see you guys next week. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.